History History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Jordan. Welcome to episode 49. 49. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to put it in the notes. Shit. 49 sounds good to I me. I think it's 49. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Welcome to episode 49. It might be a 50. Nah. What? No. One more. Oh, one more, yeah. Yeah. But not now. No, but we're close. Plus one we're equals there. 50. Man, boom. This is going to be about Walt Disney today. Mm. The good, the bad, the ugly, the anti-Semite. The mustache. The mustache. Yes. The mouse. The mouse-dash. The mouse-dash. Yeah. Shit. There's yeah. another shirt. That was definitely be copyright. That's, that's oh, a, yeah. That's a copyright. And we don't want to get into like that not, legal battle. Not with Disney. I like my house. They're a pretty small company. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could take them. Uh, So before we get into this, and it's going to be a two-parter, because Disney's done a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit going on here. Lots of shit. So good for Disney, you know? (laughs) He's the man. Good for you. Good for you, man. Um, (laughs) How many downloads we at? 26,545. Woo! Yeesh. So we said we were going to do a giveaway. Well, we didn't. So we're going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. Just give us some time. Jordy's like living his best life over there. Tell him about your life. Getting a house. Getting a house. Getting out of this apartment. I'm looking forward to some new digs to do this podcast. Freaking out. It's a lot of paperwork going on. A lot. You're going to get carpal tunnel for show. It's a lot of reading and a lot of doing stuff. I mean, you don't really read. I skim. You're just going to trust it. (laughs) Yeah. Just trust it. I'm just signing stuff like, all right. Sure. Yeah. That sounds good. Yep. So that's really exciting. Yeah. You're like growing up to be from a boy to a man. A real man. A real man. Real boy. 27 year old man. Going to be 28. Mm. Wow. I remember when you were born. (laughs) That makes you old. I know. Damn. 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 Okay. So that's a lot of downloads. Look out for a giveaway. Mm-hmm. It's coming soon. Yes. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep it peeled. But we're going to be going through a lot of stuff because they're going to be moving and I'm going to be helping mm-hmm. and stuff. So just yeah. give us give it's us a little time. bit of a break. We're still going to be coming to you every week. Mm-hmm. Tell them about our Patreon and our website. So our website is mysterystreetpodcast.com. We have all of our episodes. We have merch. Um... We have merch, lots of merch. Oh, yeah. Lots of shit on there. A lot of it. Get your clocks. Get it. Get it. Uh, we have a contact page where you can join our Discord. Yeah. Get on the conversation. Yep. We are trying to build a community of people who are like minded and can just talk to amongst each other. So we're not, um, we like talking to you guys, but we, it'd be cool to get you all to talk together. Yeah. You know? I do got to say something about that. Okay. So last episode, we had a comment or a five-star review mm-hmm. from Jig2B. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm pretty sure that's a man. <laughs> well, friends, it's a woman. Mistaken. She's lovely. Mm-hmm. And she's a part of our community. She is. And she let she me know very know. graciously. Yeah, she was not upset. That she's not a dude. Mm. Total woman. Total woman. You got it. <laughs> 
So you could join our, our community on Discord just to tell us how wrong we are, folks, because yeah. it happens probably a lot. Hell yeah, we're definitely not scientists. No. I'll say that. that or mathematicians. Uh-uh. No way. Uh-uh. Mm. Or historians, even. We're just, just... We're historians. Yeah, we're winging it. Oh, <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, yeah, so from our, what is it, the episodes page, you there's a link to our Patreon or you could just go there. It's patreon.com slash podcast. Mm-hmm. We have two tiers. The $2 tier is um, you get next week's episode right now, right now, and then a 10% discount code to the store so you can get your clock for 10% off. Yeah. And then a second tier is $5. You get all that stuff except for the 10% discount is now 20%. Woo. So you can get an even cheaper clock. Uh, that's the best. Yeah. You can tell what time it is all the time. For 20% off. Until the batteries die. Then you're on your own. But yeah. then we also have an extra episode every Friday. Yeah. So you can get four more episodes a month. We got some good ones. Last time it was uh, scary movie trivia. Topics. Trivia. Yeah. I won. Yeah, we started. Spoiler alert. And the cool thing about the Patreon is if you sign up now for the five dollar tier, you get all of the backlog of episodes. Yeah. So you get every single with I think there's twenty seven ish. That sounds right. Twenty seven. Yeah. So you get all those instantly. So there's all that content. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, I'm all caught up. I don't want to yep. wait a week. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, friends. Unlock You it-ish. don't. Yeah. You can get us 27 more episodes plus discounts. Mm-hmm. Come on. Just sitting there waiting to be heard. Waiting for you. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, we started off doing, we'd cover topics on the Patreon, but now we're just kind of having conversations, and I think people are liking it. Yeah. Because you can get to know us better instead of just hearing us read all the time. So stories about our childhood. We've heard a lot of, yeah, we've heard a lot of feedback about people like the banter on the the normal episodes. So we yeah. kind of just made those the, the Patreon ones. And if banter's not for you, neither are we. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're all banter. Yep. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Murdered by Design. So we've shouted her out several times throughout the podcast. She makes a Fuck Horses sticker. Which is pretty cool. She does. Um, and, a, and a Mastorian sticker, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does has a lots of different other things. She's got bookmarks. She's got ornaments that are etched into wood. Um, so she, I ordered some stuff from her. And everybody knows how much I love sharks. And if you didn't know, you know now. I love sharks. They're if my you favorite. don't know, now you know. Now you know. You know? I can't say the next word. I don't know what you mean. It's not a good word. What's the word? I can't say it. Spell it. Mm-mm. Does it start with a C? Mm-mm. That's with an N. Oh. Oh. No, we're not that kind of show, friend. <laughs> not a veneer. <laughs> this is a family show. This family is, time. Um, but anyway, so I bought some <laughs> stuff from her, uh. and she was so sweet and had been saving some shark stickers for me. Because she knows how much I love sharks. So right there is just the amount of awesomeness that you'll get whenever you help, you know, you help her small business out. She really gets to know her customers. And I think that that's something that's kind of lost on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are just trying to push them out and get to the next one. But she really, um, I thought that was really sweet. She has really so, cool stuff, too. It's yeah. Like really cool. So check her out. Uh, she's on Instagram. She has her own uh, web page that you can go and look at all of her stuff. She's awesome. So Web page. Web page. Like it's 1999. <laughs> Use your Netscape. Get a, just browse the web here. Go the on interwebs. AOL. <laughs> Make sure your family's off the phone first. That's right. Then, That's uh, the key. <laughs> 
And nobody uh, needs to be calling you mm-mm. either because they're not, not going to be able to get through. It's a freaking chat room time. That's right. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to talk about Mr. Walt Disney? Yes. First, I just want to say what a majestic mustache he has. Never heard of the guy, you know? Yeah, but he you heard of his mustache. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It is a Proceeds thick mustache. Him. I mean, man, he's got to be putting some product in there. That's like, yeah, that's like at least four eyebrows worth of hair. Perfect. Yeah, that. it is like a unibrow on his chin or on his lip. Did you see the guy? <laughs> <laughs> this guy saw a picture of a guy. He had a mustache on his mustache, where the mustache goes. And then underneath, he shaved another mustache. And then underneath that, he shaved another mustache. What? So he had three mustaches. <laughs> It's like Inception. Like where his beard would be, he shaved mustaches into it. It's so fucking funny. Uh, all right, let's get into it. So Walt Disney was born on December 5th, 1901 in Chicago's Hermosa neighborhood. He was the fourth son of Elias Disney, who was born in Canada but was of Irish descent, and Flora, uh, who was from America but had uh, German and English descent. So he's a, he's a little little mutt. He's, yeah, melting he's from, pot. He's from everywhere. His brothers were Herbert, Raymond, and Roy. In December 1903, Elias and Flora had their fifth child, Ruth. Yes. In 1906, when Walt was four, the family moved to a farm in Marceline, Missouri, Mm. where his uncle Robert had bought some land. Walt's interest in drawing came about by a retired neighborhood doctor who wanted him to draw one of his horses for him. Elias subscribed to Appeal to Reason newspaper, and Walt would practice his drawings by copying the front page cartoons of Ryan Walker. He also started to work with watercolors and crayons. That's like, I mean, I worked with crayons. But watercolors? Watercolors, woo. That's that's, a new level. That is. They lived near the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railway, and Walt started uh, becoming interested in trains. He and his sister Ruth started school at the same time at the Park School in Marceline in late 1909. In 1911, the Disney family moved to Kansas City, Missouri, where Walt attended Boston, Boston, Benton Grammar School and met a classmate, Walter Pfeiffer. He came from a family of theater fans and introduced Walt to motion pictures. Walt started spending more time at the Pfeiffer's house uh, than his own. Elias bought a newspaper delivery route for the Kansas City Star and the Kansas City Times. Walt and his brother Roy uh, woke up at 4.30 every morning to deliver the newspapers before school and repeated the route for the Evening Star after school. Dang, that's a, that's a that's long a day. That's a lot. Walt, it's route. I say route. We're going to get in a fight over this. Really? You say route? Route. That sounds, that sounds like you're like... What's the root of seven? There isn't one. This, there isn't? <laughs> <laughs> you say route? Route. That sounds like you're really trying to say that. Route. Route. <laughs> we don't... <laughs> roads. Road. I got a paper route. Mm-hmm. No. That's the Southern. Paper route. That's Southern. Paper I don't route. know. Got paper route. How do you say it, folks? Yeah, let us know. Because I think I'm right. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Walt became exhausted with his paper route. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, schedule, and he started receiving poor grades and started sleeping in class. He continued to do the paper route for six years. He's That's a long time. Yeah, I'm tired of it in the first year. I'm just going to do it right. for five more years. Good for him. He started attending Saturday courses at the Kansas City Art Institute and started taking classes on cartooning. So not only... The paper route in normal school, but now he's doing 
cartooning classes. He's a boy. He is. In 1917, Elias bought stock in a Chicago jelly producer, the Ozell Company, and moved the family back to Chicago. <laughs> what? He just said that, really. Chicago jelly company? Chicago. <laughs> I don't know. I have different accents. I don't know where they come from. They're all over the map. Wall enrolled at McKinley High School and became the cartoonist of the school paper. Were you in anything in school? Like a part of the yearbook club? No, I just did sports. I didn't do. I wasn't in clubs. I didn't do it either. I was like, I like to do my own shit. (laughs) Anyway. The one man wolf pack. Yeah. He frequently drew patriotic pictures about World War I. He started taking night classes at the Chicago Academy of Fine Arts. Mm. He's that sounds fancy. fancy as fuck. It does. In mid-1918, Walt tried to join the U.S. Army to fight against the Germans, but was too young and he was rejected. He forged the date on his birth certificate and joined the Red Cross in September 1918 as an ambulance driver. What a noble man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of the time people are trying to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Good for you. He was sent to France, but arrived in November after the armistice, which ended the fight on land, sea, and air in World War I between Germany and France's allies. He started drawing cartoons on the side of his ambulance for decoration and had some of his work published in the Army newspaper, Stars and Stripes. That's pretty cool. That is pretty sweet. In 1919, Walt moved back to Kansas City in October and started work as an apprentice artist at the Pessman Rubin Commercial Art Studio. He drew commercial illustrations for advertising, theater programs, and catalogs. He developed a friendship with fellow artist UB Lowerks. Lowerks, yeah. That's it's weird. probably just works. Probably. But I like to say it Lowerks because it sounds French. Lower. <laughs> French. <laughs> Man. In January 1920, Pessman Rubin's revenue declined after Christmas, and both Walt and Lowerks were laid off. <laughs> They decided to start their own business, Lorks Disney, uh, commercial artists. They had a hard time finding customers, and Walt and Lork agreed that Walt uh, would leave to find money at the Kansas City Film Ad Company that was run by A.V. Cotter. Lork was not able to run their business alone, so he also joined the ad company, um, which produced commercials and used cutout animation techniques. Walt became very interested in animation and borrowed a book Um, on animation and a camera and started practicing at home. He found a, or he found that cell animation was more promising than the cutout method. He was not able to convince the ad company to try cell animation. So Disney branched out and opened his own business with his coworker, Fred Harmon. They landed the local Newman theater as a client and produced short cartoons. They called Newman's laughograms. Walt studied uh, the Paul Terry Aesop's fables as a method. That's a that's not a that doesn't roll off the tongue. That's a lot of words. <laughs> as a model, and the first six laughograms were fairy tales they modernized. That's crazy. Like when this is like a fork in somebody's life. Yeah. Because like if he never got this job, he would never learn about animation. Yeah. Which is crazy. And then there would be no Walt Disney. Doesn't that make you, like, nervous for your own life? It's like, what if crazy. I missed the mark somewhere and <clears> I really was supposed to be something real good? Yeah. And now I'm just who I am. Fucking, there's, it's like every super famous, like, artist and stuff, there's like a fork like this. It's like one small thing. And it's just like, now they're like the like Walt Disney. That's yeah. fucking, could you imagine there not being a Walt Disney? There'd be no Disney World. No. There'd be no, like, cartoons. I mean, there probably would, but not, like, the classics. Right. It'd be weird. 
May 1921, <clears throat> the Laughograms were a big success and led him to establish Laughogram Studio. He hired more animators, including Fred Harmon's brother, Hugh, Rudolph Ising, and Lawerks. <laughs> I think that's actually an I. No, I don't think so. It's a work. I don't know. We're going to go with Lawerks. Yeah, we've gone too far. The Laughogram <laughs> cartoons weren't enough to keep the business afloat, so Walt started production of Alice's Wonderland. Ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. This 12-and-a-half-minute short combined live action with animation... And he cast Virginia Davis in the title role. Unfortunately, it was too late to save Laughogram's studio, and it went into bankruptcy in 1923. Hmm. That's crazy, too. Bankruptcy. In 1923? Yeah, like, how do they track that? It doesn't even seem like money was real back then. No. <laughs> I mean, like, did it have credit card? Like, I don't know. What happened? It seemed like you get out of a lot of shit. Well, because he 20s. has, like, a lot of business, like, a lot more businesses. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they weren't really keeping tabs on that. Right. July of 1923, Walt moved to Hollywood. His brother Roy was recovering from tuberculosis there, and he hoped to become a live-action film director. Walt had not been successful at selling Alice's Wonderland, but then he heard from a New York film distributor, Margaret J. Winkler. Winkler was losing the rights to both Out of the Inkwell and Felix the Cat cartoons and needed a new series. In October, they signed a contract for six Alice comedies with the option for two further series of six episodes each. That's a pretty... I didn't realize that it was like a, like a series, series yeah. before the movie. Yeah, that is weird. And I, it was a book, but... Anyway, Disney and his brother Roy formed the Disney Brothers Studio, which later became the Walt Disney Company to produce films. They convinced Virginia Davis's family to relocate with her whole family to Hollywood so they could continue production. That's pretty crazy. I wonder if they're related to Gina Davis. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Look that up. Davis was under contract for $100 a month. That's like nothing. For a whole month, $100? Yeah, that's insane. In July 1924, Disney also hired Lorks, who moved from Kansas City to Hollywood. Let's see. Whoa. Is it? Yeah. Yeah? Her name is Virginia Elizabeth Gina Davis. Oh. Huh. So it was a homage. Wow. Interesting. Who, how are they related? I think it's her mom. No. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. Keep talking. Keep the people in. Yeah. She's in the Alice Comedies. Huh. Well, there you go. Heard it here first. Weird. Huh. Interesting. Early 1925, Disney hired an ink artist, Lillian Bounds. That sounds like a fake name. I like it. That's a cool name. That is. Disney and Bounds married in July of that year at her brother's house in her hometown of Lewiston, Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> you thought about that, and I thought about potatoes. <laughs> potatoes do sound good. Mm. Lillian had little interest in films of Hollywood, and she was content with household management and providing support of her husband. Nope. That sounds very 1920s. <laughs> it does. That sounds like it's written Maybe in a contract. A sandwich. Yeah. No. They had two children, Diane, who was born in 1933, and Sharon, who they adopted in 1936. They did not hide the fact um, from Sharon that she was adopted, but they didn't want anyone's outside input, Yeah, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. They primarily kept their children out of the public eye, especially after the Lindbergh kidnapping. Which is terrible, and we need to talk about it later at yeah. some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney would not allow the press to take pictures of his kids. That'd be hard to do nowadays. Oh, yeah. Back then, it would probably be a lot easier. Can you imagine the, like, the camera that they'd have to be hauling around to get, like... 
Like a horse and buggy, yeah. Horse and buggy paparazzi. Um, Hold still. (laughs) (laughs) We got 15 minutes until this thing works. Don't move. In 1926, Margaret Winkler's role of distributing the Alice series was given to her husband, Charles Mintz, who was a film producer. Walt and Charles had a very strained relationship. They didn't like each other. Uh, But the series ran until July 1927. Disney was becoming tired of everything and wanted to move uh, move to animation. After Mintz requested new material to distribute to Universal Pictures, Disney and the works created Oswald the Lucky. He wanted Oswald to be peppy, alert, saucy, venturesome, and keeping him also neat and trim. That's a good uh, saucy. adjective to describe somebody. They're saucy. I do like that. That's yeah. Never hear that one. In February of 1928, Disney wanted to negotiate a larger fee for producing the Oswald series, but Mintz wanted to reduce payments. Which is never good. No. Not something you want to hear. No. Mintz had persuaded a lot of artists to work directly for him, including Harmon, Ising, Carmen... Uh, Maxwell, and Frizz Freeling. What a name. Frizz. Frizz. Miss Frizzle. Frizzle. (laughs) Disney also discovered that Universal owned the intellectual property rights to Oswald. Mintz threatened to start his own studio to produce the series all by himself if Disney refused to accept the reduced payments. Disney told Mintz no and lost a lot of his animation staff except Lorks, who decided to stay with him. What a good guy. Good move, too. Yeah. And the long game. For sure. Well, he didn't know that then, but no, yeah, but good yeah, job. Paid off. But that's always hard. Like, you always feel like you're not getting paid enough anyway. Mm-hmm. And then whenever they try to dock you, it's just like, screw this. Yeah, that's a good friend right there. Yeah, Stick that with went them. with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Disney and LaWorks brainstormed together on how to replace Oswald and came up with Mickey Mouse. You, you know that guy? Never heard of him. <laughs> This was possibly inspired by a pet mouse Disney had adopted while working in his Laugh-A-Gram studio, but the origins aren't really clear, so I don't know if that's true or not. Um, Disney's original choice name was Mortimer Mouse, which I kind of like way better. Mortimer. But whatever. Uh, (laughs) It's not as harder for kids to say Mortimer. Yeah, yeah. But Lillian uh, thought that it was too pompous and suggested Mickey instead. I agree. Yeah. I get it. I still like Mortimer, though. Yeah. I'm gonna... That should be like the old one, like the old man mouse. Yeah, yeah. His father, Mortimer. Lorks <laughs> changed Disney's provisional sketches to make the character easier to animate. Disney voiced Mickey until 1947. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Huh, that's it, pretty interesting, actually. Uh-huh. A Disney employee said, um, oob, Lorks designed Mickey's physical appearance, but Walt gave him his soul. Good team right there. Yeah. Peanut butter jelly time. (laughs) In May of 1928, Mickey Mouse first appeared in a single test screening of the short, um, short plane crazy. So the short film plane crazy. Yeah. Sorry. I read that way wrong. Um, but was the second feature. The Gallopin Gaucho failed to find a distributor in 1927. The jazz singer. (laughs) I read that Gallopin. Isn't that like a prescription drug? <laughs> no. <laughs> if you don't want diarrhea, get In 1927, the Jazz Singer was released, which was a motion picture that synchronized sound to the video. So Disney synchronized the sound on the third short, Steamboat Willie, to create the first post-produced sound cartoon. Everybody knows sound or the the Steamboat Willie. Yeah, that's pretty. Where yeah. he's driving a boat and tapping his foot and whistling. Yeah. <laughs> 
boat. Oh, that's so funny. I did? Driving the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and whistling. Uh, after the animation was finished, Disney signed a contract with the former execs at Universal Studio. Yeah, Universal Studios, Pat Powers to use the Powers Symphony what a recording name. system. Yeah. Pat Powers. Pat Powers. <laughs> please to meet like, you. Pat Pow. <laughs> Pat Powers, please to meet you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the Powers Symphony recording system. The symphony became the new distributor for Disney's early sound cartoons. Disney hired a professional composer, Carl Stalling, and suggested that Silly Symphony series. It's a lot of... Silly symphonies. Holy shit, silly symphonies. The first in the series was the skeleton dance, which is skeletons dancing in a graveyard. You've seen that one too, huh? Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. The drawings and animation was done entirely by LaWorks. Several local artists were hired at this time, and some stayed with the company as core animators. The group later became known as the Nine Old Men. Hmm. Hmm. Both Mickey Mouse and the Silly Symphonies series was a great success. Great success. Great success. Very nice. <laughs> but Disney and his brother felt that they were not receiving the correct share of profits from Pat Powers. <laughs> <laughs> in 1930, Disney tried to cut costs from the processes by urging Lorks to abandon animating <laughs> every... What's wrong with you? This is like, you know those books where you read and then you push the button and it makes a sound? Yeah. It's like... That's me. Yeah. So they tried to cut costs by urging Lorks to abandon animating every separate cell in favor of a more efficient technique of drawing key poses and... Letting lower-paid assistants to sketch the in-between poses, Disney asked Powers for an increase in payments for the cartoons. Powers refused and signed the works to work for him. Ooh, that sneaky fuck! Stalling resigned shortly after that because he thought that without the works, the Disney studio would close. Probably. Mm. Mm-hmm. In October 1931, Disney had a nervous breakdown, which he blamed on Powers and his own overwork. Which, I mean, yeah, he seems since he's been like fucking 12. Yeah, he just can't stop till he gets enough. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so Lillian and his family took an extended vacation to Cuba and a cruise to Panama to recover. I mean, that's nice because I feel overworked and have a nervous breakdown like every day. Every but week, I don't get yeah. to go to Panama. Yeah. Or Cuba. Yeah. So Not even close. Wish I've been I could. to Indiana once. Indiana. Yeah. I've been there too for a buffet. Hey. Like, literally. <laughs> this is a full disclosure. Me and Allie are drinking. Yeah. We've been drinking. Sure. So we're, we're, getting, we're getting giggly over here. Yep. It's going to get better for uh, us, not for you. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway. The Patreon's going to be wild. So yeah. if you like this, get Whoop. that Patreon. <laughs> it's just going to be like a half hour of us just laughing. <laughs> Probably. Disney Studios moved from Powers as a distributor and signed a contract with Columbia Pictures to distribute the Mickey Mouse cartoons. It had become very popular, even internationally. 
Disney filmed The Flowers and the Trees in 1932 in full-color, three-strip Technicolor. Mm. Remember that Technicolor? Technicolor. That's mm. good. Sure is. He was also able to negotiate a deal giving him the sole right to use the three-strip process until August 31st, 1935. Flowers and Trees was very popular and won the Academy Award for the Best Short Subject at the 1932 Ceremony. Disney was also nominated for another film, Mickey's Orphans, and received an honorary award for the creation of Mickey Mouse. Dang, that he, early? He got lots of awards, man. That was, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's iconic now, but it, it yeah. obviously was big back In then, the 30s, too. That's 1932. crazy. It's only been around like 10 years. Yeah. So, in 1933, Disney produced The Three Little Pigs and was described by the media historian Adrian Danks <laughs> as the most successful short animation of all time. He didn't even know what was coming. Pretty. <laughs> a little taste. <laughs> a little taste for you. The film won Disney's or Disney another Academy Award in the short subject cartoon category. This success left to additional increases in the studio staff, which rose to nearly 200 by the end of the year. That's a big... That's, that's, he's been in the business for a long time, but it just seems like once you do it, you, you did it. Right. You know, you're, you're in it to win it. Mm-hmm. Disney realized the importance of telling emotionally gripping stories that would interest the audience. No shit. Have you ever seen Bambi? I, no, because you wouldn't let me watch that's it. That's right. Because it's too emotional. So this is something it's I don't know if gripping. we talked about before, but Allie's seven years older than me. Yeah. So anything she watched that was too sad for her to watch, she wouldn't let me watch. So I didn't. I've never seen The Lion King. I've never seen Bambi. Okay, let me I've just seen defend myself. Land Before Time. Because we had all of those on VHS. Yeah, but you wouldn't let me fucking watch them. At any time in your life, you could have picked that up and popped it in the VCR. No, because you're always babysitting me. Well, that's not my fault. So you're like, I'm not watching that. No, like, that's right. All right, let's watch Scream again. <laughs> I'm all fucked up today. And look at us now. Man. We make our parents so proud, I'm sure. Mm. <laughs> uh, sure. So Where are we at? He invested in a story department separate from the anim- mm. animators with a storyboard artist who would detail the plot of his films. So basically they would like... Storyboard it. Yeah. Yeah. They'd go to through the, the plot story. before... Yeah. Like a, whole pre, like a pre-animation thing. almost. Yeah. Because can you imagine how hard it would be to animate something? Like, I just feel like you'd have to draw the same thing, like, yeah, back then. over and over and over. Just a little movement. Because mm-hmm. yeah. now it's easy with computers. But, yeah, before computers, it'd be, like you draw the same thing a million times, yeah. No way. Don't sign me up for that. I mean, they look so good, too. Like, some of those yeah. films from back then, look the animated stuff looks, yeah. like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, still, like, the Steamboat Willie or whatever. He's mm-hmm. that's an iconic thing, right. like, and just to think that they did it way back then in the '30s—that's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're in 1934. Disney wanted to create a feature-length cartoon that he believed would be the most profitable. The story be, uh, st- I'm sorry, the studio began its four-year production of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Damn, four years. But again, that's like something that you watch today and it looks good. Yeah. Fucking weird that it was in 1934. That's amazing. Yeah, that's... He's a magician. Many others in the film industry predicted that this would bankrupt the company, and industry insiders nicknamed it Disney's Folly. <laughs> but they Boy, didn't were know. they wrong. Ooh, sucks to suck. Suck it, Pat Powers. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like fucking uh, the guy from Step Brothers. Like, Pat <laughs> I was thinking uh, of uh, Heavyweights. Isn't that Powers? Uh, Powers. Kenny. 
No, that's uh, Kenny Powers. Who's Kenny that's the, Powers? The HBO show. What's Eastbound and Down? Oh yeah, is the Kenny picture. Powers. <laughs> Kenny Powers. The film cost one point five million dollars to produce, which was three times over budget, and had uh, it was the first animated feature fully made in color and sound. Wow. One point five million dollars in nineteen thirty four. That's like. Could you imagine them with that? That's got to be like over ten. Oh yeah. Today's money. That's crazy. In four and a half years. That's. Do we do anything for four and a half years (laughs) now? Well, that's probably why it costs so much because it was they had to pay all those two hundred people for forever for four years. Yeah. To make sure animation was as realistic as possible, Disney sends animators on courses at the. Ooh, I'm gonna mess this up. Choneyard Art Institute. Mm, Nailed it. I think that might be right. He brought, he brought. It looks very French. He brought animals into the studio and hired actors so that the animators could study the realistic movements. The uh, to get changing perspective background as a camera uh, moved through the scene. Disney animators developed a multiplane camera, which allowed drawings on pieces of glass to be set in various distances from the camera, creating the illusion of depth. That's pretty interesting. That is. That's pretty genius. Yeah, and they were the first ones to do it. Yeah, think about how many things they did. They were, they were the first to do it, and then everybody started doing mm-hmm. it. It's pretty wild. The glass could then be moved to create the impression of a camera passing through the scene. The first uh, work created on the camera, a silly symphony called The Old Mill, won the Academy Award for animated short film because of its impressive visual power. Snow White had become the or been mostly completed by the time the multiplane camera had been completed, but Disney ordered some scenes be redrawn to use the new effects. Wouldn't that just suck, though, to like be working on this shit for four <laughs> years? Yep. And then Disney come in and be like, nope, it's not good enough. We got to redo it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, shit. Throws it out. Come yeah. on, Disney. <laughs> Snow White premiered in December 1937 and was given high praise from critics and audiences. The film became the most successful motion picture of 1938, and by May 1939, its total gross of $6.5 million Damn. in 1939. So it made $5 million yeah. profit. Made its most successful film uh, made to that date. Disney won another honorary Academy Award, which consisted of one full-sized and seven miniature Oscar statue. Hmm. Isn't that cute? That is cool. That was uh, this was one of the most productive eras for the studio. The Walt Disney Family Museum calls the following years the golden age of animation. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, with Snow White finished, they moved on to producing Pinocchio in early 1938 and Fantasia in November of that same year. I didn't realize Fantasia was that old. I didn't either. I've never seen it because it's probably sad. But I <laughs> but I didn't know that. Uh, both films were released in 1940, and neither performed very well at the box office uh, because revenues from Europe had dropped following the start of World War II in 1939. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. Yeah. Hard to go to a movie theater when the movie theater's blown up. Correct. <laughs> that I would, I would have to concur. Yeah. The studio made a loss on both pictures and was heavily in debt by the end of February 1941. Just file bankruptcy again. Nobody would know. Get out of that shit. Because of the financial crisis, Disney and his brother Roy started the company's first public stock offering in 1940 and then implemented heavy heavy salary cuts. Because of this, um, and Disney's insensitive manner of dealing with staff, led to a 1941 animator strike that lasted five weeks. 
um, with a federal mediator from the National Labor Relations Board that negotiated both sides, Disney accepted an offer from the Office of the Coordinator of Inter-American Affairs to make a goodwill trip to South Africa, or South America, I'm sorry, ensuring he was absent during a resolution he knew would be unfavorable for the studio. Because of the strike in the financial state of the company, several animators left the studio, and Disney, Disney's relationship with um, the other staff was permanently strained as a result. The strike interrupted the studio's next production, Dumbo, which, was, uh, which Disney produced in a simple and less expensive manner. The film received positive reaction from audience and critics alike. I don't think I've ever seen that movie either. Sad. Does it die? No, they're just mean to it. Doesn't it, it fly? Doesn't it fly away at the end or Dumbo? something? Dumbo? Yeah. I don't remember. I think it's a year's like seen fly or something. I used to like that at the at Disney, though, like studios. The ride? Yeah. And we would have, and dad always complained. Yeah, because they fly, right? It's like. Yeah, it's like they yeah, go yeah. up in the air, but yeah. in a circle. Yeah. And dad said that that was the longest wait for any ride yeah. he's ever rode, and it was in the hot, blazing sun. Yeah, right in the middle. Yeah, where yeah. there's no cover. Yeah. yeah. So it's a memory. It's a good one for me. <laughs> it's it's <Uh-oh>. a memory. <laughs> Shortly after Dumbo's release in October 1941, the U.S. entered World War II. Disney formed the Walt Disney Training Films Unit within the company to produce instruction films for the military, like four methods of flush riveting and aircraft production methods. I didn't know that either. I Mm -hmm. thought that was really interesting. Disney met with Henry Marginthu Jr., yeah, the Secretary of the Treasury, and agreed to produce short Donald Duck cartoons to promote war bonds. Wow. Yeah. Disney also produced propaganda productions, including shorts such as Der Fuhrer's Face, which is an anti-Nazi propaganda short. So he acts like he's like crazy Hitler. Right. uh, Which won an Academy Award around 1943 feature film Victory Through Air Power. Holy shit. I had no idea Disney did that stuff. Yeah. But people, oh, we'll get into it. But pizza, 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 mm, pizza sounds good. What's on your mind? Um, <laughs> so, the answer is always pizza. But yeah. they accused him of being anti-Semitic, right? But he produced that. these things like denouncing Nazis. I had so, no I idea know. that Donald Duck was basically to promote war bonds. Yeah, that's the whole reason Donald Duck's a thing. That's well, pretty I fascinating. Googled this defur the defur's face and it's pretty freaking funny is it just yeah. like yeah that's it's like the trump stuff of today like where they make them all nuts just, yeah, looking like and, a uh, character yeah kind of thing <coughs> so the shorts only produced enough revenue to cover the costs and the feature bambi your favorite movie uh-huh. which had been in production since 1937 underperformed and it's released in april 1942 so that was another one that was, what is it, six? No, that's five years as well. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It lost $200,000 at the box office. On top of the low earnings from Pinocchio and Fantasia, the company had debts of $4 million with the Bank of America in 1944. That's a That'd lot. be a little concerning. Yeah. Yeah. Disney had a meeting with the Bank of America execs to discuss the future of the company and the bank's chairman uh, and founder, uh, Amedeo Gianni? Amadeo. Amadeo. Yeah, that's a dope name. Amadeus. Amadeus. Oh, oh. <laughs> You're welcome. That gets stuck in my shit yeah, forever. That'll be there. Thanks. Amadeo Gianni told his execs, I've been watching the Disney's pictures quite closely because I knew they were, uh, we were lending them money far above uh, the financial risk. 
They are good this year. They're good the next year. They're good the year after. You have uh, you have to relax and give them time to market their product. Why can't my bank tell me that? Yeah, we believe in you. <laughs> I don't shit. <laughs> that's pretty cool though. That guy. That's another like fork in the road. If that guy was just like no. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, there'd mm-hmm. be no. There'd be Disney would have made like five movies. Bambi would have been the end. That's wild. This stuff's so interesting because it's like the little things you never think about. Uh huh. Because again, like this guy could have shut down Walt Disney. There'd yeah. be no Disney. What a dick. Like, if you were to do that, that. <laughs> yeah, robbed all these children. Disney's production of short p- films decreased in the late 1940s, coinciding with increasing competition in the animation market from Warner Brothers and Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Roy Disney, for financial reasons, suggested more combined animation and live action productions. In 1948, Disney initiated a series of popular live-action nature films titled True Life Adventures with Seal Island, the first. Um, The film won the Academy Award in the Best Short Subject to Real category. (laughs) He's won some shit. Yeah, it seems like he's, like, losing money, but he wins every award. Uh Uh-huh. Doesn't make sense. Well, because he's a... What's it called? He's a... He paves the way. A, uh... What's that word called? Trailblazer. Trailblazer. <laughs> <laughs> Weird as fuck. We're Damn. the same person. We got the same brain. Man. So, Disney grew more politically conservative as he got older. A Democratic Party supporter, until the 1940 presidential election, he switched to the Republican Party. He became a generous donor to Thomas E. Dewey's 1944 bid for the presidency. In 1946, he was a founding member of the Motion Picture Alliance for the Preservation of America Ideals. That's they need to shorten that up. That's a long one. That's too many words, I'll mm. say. An organization that they stated believed in and like the American way of life, we found ourselves in sharp revolt against the rising tide of communism, fascism, and kindred beliefs that seek by subversive means to undermine the change uh, this way of life. That was a very 1944 sentence. That is. But you nailed it. Man. Straight up. I should be a freaking politician. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> In 1947, during the second Red Scare, Disney testified before the House of Un-American Activities Committee, or HUAC. HUAC. <laughs> where he branded Herbert Sorrell, David Hiberman, and William Pomerantz former animators and labor union organizers as communist agitators. Probably because they organized the union. He's like, get that shit out of here. I don't want to do it in my house. (laughs) Disney stated that the 1941 strike led by them was part of an organized communist effort to gain influence in Hollywood. Mm, Spies. It was good. It was alleged by the New York Times in 1933 that Disney had been passing secret info to the FBI from 1940 until his death in 1966. Mm. In return for this info, J. Edgar Hoover allowed Disney to film in FBI headquarters in Washington. Well, that's, that's a, that's a that's bold pretty, claim. That's pretty cool. Disney was made a full special agent in charge contact in 1954. What? <laughs> oh. Why can't that be me? I want to be a special contact agent. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Get a badge and all, all the stuff, maybe a parking space. You like the Men in Black? Yeah. Something, something, the Men in Black. Remember that song? <laughs> yeah. Man. Who's that by? I miss the 90s. Will Smith? Is that TLC? Will Smith, wasn't it? 
somebody it was a girl saying that part, but Will Smith was definitely rapped on it. Yeah, I think it was his. Mm. I'm right. Getting jiggy with it. Na 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 na. <laughs> okay, 1949. Mm. Disney and his family moved to a new home in Holmby Hills District of Los Angeles. With the help of his friends Ward and Betty Kimball. Isn't that the people from fucking Leave it to Beaver? Ward and Betty? Oh, yeah. Or was it Betty? Ward and something. It was definitely Ward Cleaver. Cleaver. It was June. June, yeah. Ward Cleaver. But Betty sounded good, too. Mm, Definitely an old name. (laughs) Who already had their own backyard railroad. Disney developed blueprints and immediately set to work on creating a miniature live steam railroad for his backyard. Now, that's some bougie-ass shit right that's, there. Yeah, that's rich people stuff. I just I'm want, never going like, to have one of those. No, I just want, like, a patio furniture <laughs> that doesn't move, preferably. Mm. Uh, the, name of, the name of the railroad, Carrollwood Pacific Railroad, came from his home's location on Carrollwood Drive. The miniature working steam locomotive was built by Disney's studio engineer, Roger E. Brogy, and Disney named it Lily Bell after his wife. After three years, Disney ordered it into storage due to a series of accidents involving his guests. No. Alcohol probably was not involved. Yeah. Got tanked, and they're like, I got a fucking train. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you want to ride it? In, early, in the early 1950s, Disney produced Cinderella, his studio's first animated feature in eight years. It was popular with critics and audiences. It cost $2.2 million to produce and earned $8 million in its first year. That's good. That's that's, a good payday. Yeah, that's good. Disney was less involved than he had been in previous pictures because of his involvement in his first entirely live-action feature, Treasure Island, which was shot in Britain, uh, as the story of Robin Hood and the Merry Men. Other live-action features followed uh, with many patriotic themes. He continued to produce full-length animated features, too, including Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. Never heard of them. Nope. These are all like... I heard that he didn't want to grow up, though. These are... <laughs> it's cr- like Every single movie he's like made is just like... So good. The best. Yeah, like the pinnacle of animation. and mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's a, it's childhood. It's, yeah, it is. I mean, really not like, for you, but like no, other people. I've heard that people like these. <laughs> <laughs> From the early to mid-1950s, Disney began to devote less attention to the animation department, entrusting most of its operations to key animators, um, uh, the Nine Old Men, which we talked about earlier. Although he was always present at the storyboard meetings, he started concentrating on other venues. Yes. So we're going to leave you with this one last bit. Mm -hmm. Okay? This is a teaser, Mm -hmm. because you don't know what's coming next. Part two. What's coming next? For several years, Disney had been wanting to build a theme park after he visited Griffith Park in L.A. with his daughters. And we've talked about Griffith Park. Mm-hmm. Not something Hard. I would chalk up to, like, Disneyland. Not a, but, good, no, no, not a good place for a park. Yeah. He wanted the park to be clean, unspoiled, where both children and parents could have fun. He visited Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen, Denmark, and was heavily influenced by the cleanliness and the layout of the park. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I don't know what we talk about next. <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so you can hear the next part where we will talk about the parks. We will get more into who Disney the man was. Mm-hmm. Like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who's this guy that did all this stuff? Mm. And then um, also some things you didn't know about him that are interesting. And the dark side mm. of the parks. Yeah, if you really want to listen, become a patron. And oh, you can, yeah. You can hear it right now. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right after right after this? You can listen. Now. Easy peasy. Boom. So we hope you enjoyed the first part of Walt Disney, mm-hmm. and we hope to have you as a patron. Yes. So you can listen. <laughs> or we'll see you next week. Yeah. Okay? Fuck horses. Fuck horses. Bye. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye.